It's a week before Georgia. We're not talking about Georgia yet. Um, I think we did that last year, so I think we're just looking at these guys as, you know, they're a great team that we have to beat first. Finally, the Irish will play their home opener against New Mexico. It won't be against former Notre Dame coach Bob Davey. He's out because of illness. But his old boss, Lou Holtz, well, Lou, he'll be our guest on Focus on Faith. Greatest accomplishment by far. It's not coaching, not TV, not speaking. It's my family, and I think we can attribute it all to the strong faith in God, regardless. Win, lose, or draw every Sunday, season, non-season. We would go to Mass as a family, then go to breakfast after. It's a conversation you won't want to miss about faith, family, and football from the legendary man who led Notre Dame to its last national championship. Live from the Redeemer Radio 95.7 studios in the shadows of the Golden Dome, this is Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. It's the third week of the college football season, but it's finally game day for the Irish on a Saturday. Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, Notre Dame getting set to host New Mexico this afternoon in the home opener. Welcome to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, Notre Dame FCU, where Eubank does matter. I'm Angel DiCarlo, joined by Kevin Downey, Notre Dame defeating Louisville. 35-17, 12 days ago on the road on Labor Day. Then they were off last Saturday. Now, finally, this week, get back to the normal schedule. New Mexico on the docket at 2.30 with Georgia looming in a one-week's time. Kevin, uh, how tough do you think this schedule has been maybe for the players? I know coaches and players are creatures of habit. There has not been a habit uh, so far this year. I'm not sure these guys knew what day of the week it's been for the last uh, few few weeks and months. No, I think it's good that they had that extra uh, off week after their opener because it was a little bit rough. I think they can find out more about themselves, almost take it into like another week at camp, and then to have a um, not a huge challenge this week I think is going to be another good one to get them ready, big picture, for the rest of their season. Okay, uh, yeah, and that's going to make it more interesting because, again, not a huge challenge. We remember those words in week two last year against Ball State. (laughs) So we'll talk about that throughout the show. Our Focus on Faith segment is with uh, the only living coach to lead Notre Dame to a national championship, the legendary Lou Holtz. You won't want to miss this conversation about faith, family, and football. 20 minutes with Lou Holtz. That is a great listen and very inspiring. Lou will talk about his biggest regret from his time at Notre Dame. He doesn't hold back any punches on what he wishes he would have done differently in terms of the pushback he got from the administration. Uh, Also, uh, he talks about how the two stories of how he almost never became a coach. You'll be floored by both of these. Um, Really interesting insight. Uh, Our poll question uh, over the last day has been, uh, what happens in today's game? Your options, Notre Dame torches New Mexico. Notre Dame wins, but I still have concerns. Uh, That was way too close. Or New Mexico wins. I'll give you a little hint. New Mexico wins doesn't have too much of the vote. (laughs) Head to Twitter and my uh, Twitter account, at Carlo and vote. We will give out the totals later on in the show. If you leave a comment, we may read that later on in the show as well. All right. New Mexico coach Bob Davey will not coach in today's game versus Notre Dame. He's back with his team coaching again, but 
Doctors don't want him to make the trip. Davey, of course, succeeded Lou Holtz as the head coach at Notre Dame, suffered a serious medical episode immediately following New Mexico's Week 1 contest. Here's what Coach Davey had to say at his press conference this week. You know, this hasn't gone completely according to script. You know, four years ago, whenever we kind of entertained the idea of this game with Notre Dame, Obviously, this isn't the script that we, that we envisioned. Um, but with that said, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I really don't want this to be about me because this is all about the players and it's all about these coaches that are going to go play in South Bend. Uh, we all know what these games are. These games are played every week. Um, we saw several last week. So th- this, this is all about all about the players, but I do have to take a minute and just thank some people. Uh, you know, first of all, Dr. Tillerson, uh, Dr. Hyden, uh, Bob Waller in our training room, uh, Sunrisa, our nurse in the training room, Craig, um, unbelievable. And, you know, I'm not being too dramatic uh, by saying they saved my life and my family uh, will forever be appreciative. I mean, obviously, everyone would love to have seen Coach Davey back on the sidelines in the, in this game. That was the major storyline heading into this one, but, but you heard it right there. Uh, his staff um, saving his life in the locker room when he, he went down, uh, and certainly his health is the most important part of this. And but the good thing is you could hear it in his voice. He sounds pretty good. He looks pretty good. Um, it's just a matter of you know the strain of having to coach. Yeah. So it's understandable of, of why he didn't want, <laughs> he, why he didn't want to make that long trip up here. Yeah, I think just well, especially how emotional it would be having his uh, Notre Dame roots and to be back. Um, not worth the strain on the heart. No, not at all. He was Notre Dame defensive coordinator from uh, 94 to 96. Notre Dame head coach from 97 to 2001. Uh, 35 and 25 in his five seasons. We'll hear from Lou Holtz later on and focus on faith on his thoughts on Coach Davey not being able to to make the trip up here to South Bend. We want to thank Tyrac for being such great supporters of Redeemer Radio. The folks at Tyrac underwrite our internship program with high school students from Marion and St. Joe. The students are getting college-level internship experience thanks in large part to the generosity of Tyrac. More tires, great pricing. Visit TireRack.com. All right, let's uh, talk about the Irish run game. Jafar Armstrong tore his rectus abdominis. Yeah, that sounds fun. Uh, Surgery to repair it last week. Expected to be out several weeks. Could be up to two months. Um, We don't know what the deal is with Jameer Smith. Sprained his toe, apparently, in a scrimmage last week. So this is going to be the Tony Jones show and when you're in game number two and you're already down potentially two of your top three running backs, that's problematic, isn't it? Yeah, it's getting into your uh, depth again. Coach Kelly's next man in is a good thing, and they're going to need it because uh, Jafar had all that experience. And then, um, man, I think, again, these young running backs are going to have to show something because a lot is put on the running back position. you got to run with the ball, block, uh, catch the ball. So you got to be a multifaceted player.
Yeah, Sebo uh, Flemister, Kyron Williams. They've moved Avery Davis back from defensive back over to be really the fourth-string running back. The one guy that's not a, a rookie in this bunch is Tony Jones. He's the man moving forward at running back with the injury to Armstrong as well as Jameer Smith. Here's what Tony said about how, to, how he got to this point, to have the confidence to get the job done and be able to handle the role of RB1. Um, I, I mean, to be honest, the first the first thing doing to move forward is that like you got to accept the role that, that like you have. And then and, and then I did that. And then I just noticed that I started playing more and I started having more fun with it. What is your role? Being the brute of it and just running through people and just with no like regrets. So I was born ready to do this. So, I mean, um, so I've been waiting for this my whole life, really, to just to just just go out on the field with no regrets and just go out there and just play and play hard for 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 my boys. All right, uh, he better be running through people today against New Mexico because if he's not, next week's going to be uh, real problematic. How I know, hey, the the team can't be looking ahead to Georgia. We can. Um, how important is today's game and seeing this Irish run game really clicking for next week? Because remember, two years ago when they faced Georgia, Josh Adams was going through that Heisman campaign. He didn't he didn't rush the ball that well against Georgia. And he had Mike McGlinchey and Quentin Nelson, two top ten picks yeah. on the offensive line. The Irish have a good offensive line, but they don't have those guys. They don't have Josh Adams. So, I mean... Running the ball against uh, against Georgia is going to be really hard. They need to see something today. Yeah, they're going to have to uh, they're going to have to get out and get after it for the run game. But I think more than anything for confidence for the running backs. You know, I know it's one thing to be um, kind of a backup and then get that chance to step in. You have a lot of uh, excitement and all that, but really, it's going to come down to actually playing. Now, the good news is. Uh, the defense for New Mexico returns two defensive stars from last year. So they should be able to to really establish their dominance and get their confidence. And then not just uh, Tony Jones, have him get set, but also they're going to have some of those younger guys step in. Yeah, no, no question about that. And I think the, the biggest thing may be the offensive line because, you know, they need to create some holes for these guys and they need to get going because they're going to have a battle – of their lives next week against Georgia. So they need to put up a performance in the trenches that they did not show against Louisville yep. 12 days ago. They, they need to be dominant, absolutely dominant here today. Well, and it should be a strength, right? Again, the only matchup that I would look at is that one of those two returning defensive stars is a senior nose guard against our uh, sophomore second game center. But come on, these guys are really good recruits. They're really good players. They just got to Go out there and make it happen today. Yeah, Notre Dame hoping Jared Patterson uh, steps up here. All right, the other looming question, of course, is Ian Book, 14 of 23 for 193 yards and a touchdown pass against Louisville. Underwhelming numbers, did have 14 carries for 81 yards. Um, you, You think the last 12 days was good for Ian Book, or do you think it was bad because he had to sit there and stew over the fact that everyone's talking about, hey, what happened, man? Why are you not good anymore? You know, being the quarterback at Notre Dame, you are under uh, scrutiny. So I'm sure that he is used to that. But uh, for his own sake, uh, he I just hope that he gets all those people around him going again. Honestly, I mean, and so weeks on or off, they just got to get ready to roll. We need to see him back live and in combat again today. 
All right, how are the Irish feeling about Ian Book? Well, Tommy Kramer, Chase Claypool, and Brian Kelly, yeah, they're not worried at all. Uh, nothing but confidence. I mean, Ian Book's a man. He, he, he's out there with confidence every day. Um, I mean, we're, we're really excited to work with him, and we love him. We love working with him every day. I mean, I think that's almost normal for everyone to overreact. Um, I mean, you saw Trevor Lawrence didn't have the best game his first game, but, you know, he's still like a great quarterback. I don't think it changes the person. I think, you know, it just depends on how you, you know, react to it. And I think, honestly, didn't think Ian had a bad game. Um, I think, you know, he did his job the way he needed to do it. So I, all I know, he's doing really well in practice. So It's like anything else. In an opener, you have a standard of play and, um, you know, he did not reach the standard that, that he had set for himself. And I think there's some things that he would like to have done better. Um, and most of them were technical things. Um, and, and he went back to work on them this week uh, to be technically more sound. Um, Ian Book is uh, incredibly uh, committed, hardworking, and, and you could see that come out of him this week. And his focus was really on uh, being much more technically sound. Um, sometimes our guys want it so bad that they get caught up with outcomes over uh, the process. And, you know, a lot of our veterans, um, you know, got caught up in a little bit too much in wanting to make plays instead of being much more focused on their technique um, and consequently got them into some trouble. Um, they did a great job this past off week getting focused back on their technique. And uh, I'm confident you'll see that this weekend. Interesting comments there from Brian Kelly. Yeah, well, I, I do think that the Notre Dame offense is going to be okay. I think I was on the uh, overreacting bandwagon. <laughs> if, if you look at just what they have, so the core offense, their five offensive linemen, they're good. Their quarterback, I think he's very good. Uh, they have to have a running back, so now that takes you to seven players. I think Claypool and Fink are really good, so that's eight and nine. So really we're talking about two different people, whether it be tight ends, running backs, wide receivers, that need to come in and step up. So we know we're down to our second, third, maybe four string um, tight end. You know, the, the young slot guy, number 13, looked pretty good. Uh, a big change in Kelly's philosophy was that he was going to be forced the running the ball issue. Um, and then I, I think with <laughs> what they have going now, they need to run the ball. However, they need to find out those extra spots and maybe even combinations to get help for the core because I do think that they have a good, solid team. Uh, positive, Cole Komet um, might be ready to go today, uh, back from that collarbone injury. If he's not back today, um, he will be back for the Georgia game is the plan. Uh, the one question I still have with Ian Book is last year, guy didn't have any pressure, came in, um, yep. He was the popular backup and didn't have the pressure. This year, he had all the expectations in the world. Maybe he did put too much on his shoulders. So uh, we'll wait and see on on how all that plays out. But he needs to get some confidence today and you know throw for 350 yards and five touchdowns. All right, Fiddler's Hearth in downtown South Bend is a great place to grab a drink, eat a great dinner, and listen to live music. A locally owned public house, Fiddler's Hearth, has 24 beers on tap, so your options are plentiful. It's also family-friendly. They have a great Sunday brunch from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. 
and they want to reward the loyal listeners of Redeemer Radio, just mention you heard Fiddler's Hearth on Redeemer Radio to your server, and you'll get 10% off your bill. That's Fiddler's Hearth on Main Street in downtown South Bend. All right, let's switch sides to the defense. Uh, We were hard on the defensive line uh, last week, especially. Should have been their strength. Yes, and here's what defensive end Julian Aquara, linebacker Drew White, had to say about where the defense stands right now. Just uh, physicality, honestly, and just being in our gap, uh, really. So, I mean, that was definitely something we need to work on, physicality, and just playing, honestly, just just free and just not think about, just be not, not so timid, honestly, just play with your heart and have fun out there, really. So, I mean, that's definitely something where we got to build up as a D-line and as a defense. So, as long as we keep that energy, I think we'll be all right. Was there a moment, though, at any point when you guys went to the bench after the second touchdown, you are like, wow, what's, co- what's going on right now? I mean, I think there was a little bit of disappointment, but it was more of a focus on what we're going to change, what kind of adjustments we're going to make. There was there was no sort of panic on the on the bench. Most people, the fans, are remembering those drives rather than obviously the eight or nine after that. Um, I don't know if you guys are hearing, have heard that. It's been a long time since you got in play. You feel like you guys have something to prove Saturday to show what this defense is is really capable of. Um, I think I think we're looking forward to get better each week. So yes, we you know we are looking f- you know um, to gain improvement. We are looking to play better than we did Louisville. I don't think it's for anyone. I don't think it's you know for any of the fans. Um, I think it's for ourselves. And like I said before, we, you know this team is dedicated to the process more than you know any team I've ever been a part of. So you know we're looking to get better every day, and we're bringing that effort and energy to practice. So I'm just looking forward to you know the next game. That's linebacker Drew White before him, defensive end Julian Aquara. Uh, Notre Dame, of course, giving up those two touchdowns in the first two drives against Louisville, then settled in to give up any points for uh, eight straight drives. But uh, no question, uh, again, we talk about those trenches. This defensive line, Aquara and Kareem, they absolutely they should have four sacks apiece in this game against New Mexico. They got to be ready to go because there may be no position that's going to be more important next week against Georgia than than the defensive line uh, against uh, those big boys uh, in the trenches. Well, and defensive line can set the whole stage. They still have to figure out some personnel things at linebacker or get really creative schematically. Again, when you're uh, one of your safeties is one of your top tacklers from your first game kind of makes you worry about the front not taking anything away from Gilman but that is a scary little stat yeah uh, and again they they just need to 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 play their game today gain some confidence um I don't want to say you want to get to the second team guys because that's not what you want to do actually you you want to see you want to see a lot of the first team guys and and get them the, the necessary reps as as they get ready for for Georgia next week but again we keep on talking about getting ready for Georgia next week. Hopefully, the Irish are not having that mindset. They did have that mindset against Ball State last year. They were looking ahead. They were trying to get those second team guys in, and that was the major problem. How do you? It was the was it a positive, in a weird way, that they played so crummy against Louisville that you can't afford to look ahead. You you know you got issues that you got to fix. Oh, I think it's a wake-up call, especially if you're a player and they're moving around different people, like on defense, different linebackers are getting chances. You're going to want to step up because you have an opportunity to get in. And, you know, New Mexico, they they have four offensive line starters coming back from last year, and they're really a run quarterback, running back, uh, run game-centered thing. So it is going to Test is probably a strong word, but their strength <laughs> is going to be that interior run game. Um, so it's going to be able to really get 
the uh, young guys from Notre Dame some great reps. And again, it, it's going to be interesting to see who steps up and how they step up on defense this year for the Irish. They might play three or four quarterbacks today, apparently. Yeah. All right, coming up, uh, he led Notre Dame to a national championship in 1988. He's always had an inspiring and uplifting message. My 20-minute conversation with the Hall of Famer Lou Holtz about family, fa- faith, and football is next on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. We know you like football, so do we. We're TireRack.com, and this is our version of a two-minute drill, except it's only 30 seconds. TireRack.com has an enormous selection of tires. Not sure which ones to buy? Use our tire decision guide to find the right tires for your vehicle and the way you drive. Then get them shipped fast and free on all orders over $50. Shipping is in as little as one day, free. TireRack.com ships to independent, recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Touchdown! Our title sponsor for Arbor Sports Saturdays is Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Did you know that Notre Dame Federal Credit Union provides financial assistance to help our members at participating Catholic schools? To find out the details, ask your local Catholic school principal. Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, you raise share values. Why not share in our benefits? All right, Angel DiCarlo. Kevin Downey with you here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. The Irish getting set to take on New Mexico at 2.30 this afternoon. Lou Holtz, the College Football Hall of Famer, our guest on uh, Focus on Faith this week, has a new book, Three Rules for Living a Good Life. Uh, it's it's very easy. I, I am not a good reader. It took me less about an hour to read it. Nice 75-page read. A lot of positive stories uh, about football, family, and faith, and uh, tell you what, uh, Kevin, you, you've you've grown up in South Bend. Uh, one of the major iconic figures, certainly around these parts, has always been Lou Holtz. Oh yeah, and the, that '88 national championship game. I was a freshman in high school, so probably not more. There's no more impressionable age uh, for something like that. And I knew at that time I wanted to be a coach. Um, so yeah, and un, not that book, but every other book that Lou Holtz has ever wrote, I have read. So I'm a huge fan of Lou Holtz. Unbelievable. And this book published by Avi Maria Press uh, holds 130-2 in his 11 seasons at Notre Dame, uh, led the Irish to the national championship in 1988. We talked so much in this interview from his biggest regret while coaching at Notre Dame. He gets into great details on that. Also, he talks about how he never became a he almost never became a coach. Two different unique stories where you would have thought, yep, that's not going to happen. And then there's a ton of stories about his faith, including how his wife Beth is doing and how she stays so positive through some very difficult times. We start by talking about his former assistant, Bob Davey, who the former Notre Dame coach, now the head coach in New Mexico, unable to make the trip up to Notre Dame this week. Here's Focus on Faith with Lou Holtz. In your book, you mentioned how it was your assistant coaches, players, and family that got you to where you are. Your old defensive coordinator at Notre Dame, uh, Bob Davey, has gone through some uh, difficult weeks, obviously, health-wise. How tough was it to hear the news of what happened to him, Uh, but also how relieved are you now to hear uh, he's expected to make a full recovery? Well, coaches are always very special because you spend so much time with them you get to know their family. Uh, When you have a difficult time winning, you think that's a real problem. Then you have a health problem. You realize that the other problems are really minor that can be solved very, very easily. We're very happy to hear that he is going to be okay. I'm sorry he can't be 
at the football game. I know that it will bother him, but he's doing what's in the best interest of the football team. I, I know my first game I coached at South Carolina was in a hurricane, and it was up at NC State, a place that I coached for four years, and we're fortunate to go to four straight bowls, and that's when there were only seven or eight bowls. So I had great memories. Then you go back there and you look at the facilities and how much they improved them at NC State, you go, Wow, this would be easy to recruit. Now, well, he he would find the same thing at uh, at Notre Dame, the facilities and everything, because we were there under the Father Esbert, Father Joyce era, and uh, we didn't have anything near what they have now. But I I know it had been very nostalgic, brings back a lot of great memories, and uh, we will miss him. Absolutely, and we'll continue to keep uh, Coach Davey in our thoughts and prayers and hope uh, he is back on the sidelines soon. Uh, I know over the years, especially uh, 20 years ago, your your wife beat stage 4 cancer. I I was wondering how she was able to get through that and and how much your faith guided you, Beth, and your family through all of that. I don't know how you get through anything without faith in God. My wife is the most religious person I know, and I I say that to you sincerely. Uh, Just before we did this interview, I kissed her goodbye. She went to her Bible study. She and the neighbor would walk every morning, recite Bible verses, and there were two women in the neighborhood who were having some difficulty, and my wife and Dixie, the neighbor, decided to start a Bible study and help these two women. And today they had to cut it off at 24. They meet every Tuesday. They've gone through every book in the Bible, et cetera. Uh, and when you have faith in God and you pray, that doesn't mean you're going to have problems or difficulties, but it does mean that you're not going to be alone and that, that he's going to guide you. And my wife is uh, having some serious problems. And, yeah, she, she had 30, 13 hours of surgery 20 years ago and 83 radiation treatments, but created an awful lot of problems. And uh, right now she's on a feeding tube for the past year and will be on for the rest of her life because of the, the radiation has closed her throat over the years. And uh, she's on oxygen on occasion, but her attitude's marvelous. Uh, I, I cannot begin to tell you that... Uh, if you have a family, you pray together, it will stay together. And our greatest accomplishment by far is not coaching, not TV, not speaking. It's my family, and I think we can attribute it all to the strong faith in God. Regardless, win, lose, or draw every Sunday, season, non-season, we would go to Mass as a family, then go to breakfast after. And uh, this is a tradition that my son in coaching still maintains with his family. Well, we'll certainly keep uh, Beth in our prayers as well uh, during during this time. You mentioned her attitude, her positivity, and, and you spoke in your book so much about staying positive. But during times like that, it, it's not easy to do so. So how were you and how are you able to stay so positive in, in your journey through life, Coach? Well, I think the faith in God, and you never think about quitting. Quitting is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. You just... Try to look at the situation as best you can. You can approach it either, not not a Pollyanna, but just that there's going to be a solution to everything we have. And the one thing I do realize, and every listener listening to this show understands, regardless how old you get, you're always going to have problems. You're always going to have difficulties. You're always going to have concerns. You're, You're never going to avoid it. That's part of life. It's not 
uh, there's going to be things that you worry about, but it's just part of life, how you handle it, having the faith and being positive in how you approach it. There's a difference between being positive and being a Pollyanna. Pollyanna said, oh, everything's going to be okay, and I don't have to do anything. Uh, I used to say that pray as though everything depends upon God, work as though everything depends upon you. And uh, you had a sign on my desk. I had a glass top on my desk. I would put these sayings under it. What I'm saying, man, God, give me the courage to change the things I can. That's ready to set the things I can't. May God give me the wisdom to know the difference between the two. You, it's your choice. You have every, there are 4,000, 14, uh, I don't know, 200,000 words in English vocabulary. The most important word by far is the word choice. And every day you get up, you, you've got to make different choices. And, you choose act and procrastinate, believe or doubt, prayer, curse, uh, et cetera. But the main choice you make every single day is the attitude to how you're going to approach the problems and difficulties that the day is going to present. Former Notre Dame football coach, the legendary Lou Holtz, is our guest here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. This is our Focus on Faith interview. Coach Holtz has a new book, Three Rules for Living a Good Life. And Coach, uh, in that book, you you spoke about uh, being born in the Depression and having, uh, you know, living in a small home, only owning one pair of pants, but yet you described it as being born with a, a, with a silver spoon. Uh, not many people would describe that type of upbringing that way. What, what made you decide to describe it that way? Well, I, I do not uh, exaggerate uh, the poorness of our family. My father had a third-grade education, and I was born during the Depression, January 6, 1937. And we, I was born in the cellar by Dr. McGraw. I was not born in a hospital. And we had one bedroom for my sister, myself, and my parents. We had a kitchen and a half bath. And the half bath did not have a tub, a shower, or a sink. There was no welfare, no food stamps, no safety net. We lived there for seven and a half years. And the reason I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth was because what I was taught. Number one, I was born in this country. I was taught that if I learned to make good choices, not blame other people, get an education, work hard, and remain positive, that good things can happen. And uh, the book you just mentioned, uh, Three Rules, those three rules, if you follow them, you'll always make good choices. It's not complicated. We, we complicate life, and we really don't have to. It's just basically common sense, and I don't know why they call it common sense, because it's exhibited so rarely. <laughs> I was fascinated by one of the stories in there that, you know, you had no intentions of, of going to college and it was your high school coach that basically went to you and your parents and said, no, Lou should go to college and, and become a coach. Uh, can you imagine what your life would have been had you had he not encouraged you to go to college? Well, nobody in our family had ever gone to college, let them graduate. No, I wanted was a job in the mill where everybody worked. I wanted a car, a girl, $5. I never had any of them. And I, I worked as well as played athletics. And I was saving my money to buy a 1949 Chevrolet. And at the end of my junior year, my high school coach, Wade Watts, came up and told my parents that they thought I should go to college and be a coach. I'd never even thought about it before. And my parents thought, boy, that'd be a great idea. And I said, no, I, I'm not going to go. I have no desire to go. And 
They said I would go, and I said I won, so we compromised, and I went. <laughs> that was a typical compromise with my parents, and they made me use the money. I'd saved about 49 Chevrolet to pay for my college education, which was quite cheap then. I think it was like $180 for uh, a quarter of schooling, and uh, so that's how I ended up. Later, I'm coaching at Notre Dame, and uh, if people remember, I bought a 49 Chevrolet when I said Notre Dame had it redone because that was one of my goals. I was going on a 49 Chevrolet. But the amazing thing, we go to place under Count 86, and my high school coach had moved to California, and his wife called. said, Coach Watts is not doing very well, and he may not live much longer. Could you give him a call? So I called him. I said, we're coming out there. Why don't you come to our practice or walk through on Friday? He came, and I said, would you like to go to the game? He said, oh, that'd be great. Can I ride on the bus? I said, as long as you do the same rules that you had when I played for you, you sit on the bus and you be quiet. Well, I get on the bus to go to the game, and he's in the front seat with me where my wife did. She could tell she ended up going back to the fourth spot. <laughs> in any event, that's when uh, John Carney kicked the field goal at the last second and we won the game and the first person on the pow on the field was coach Wade Watts so the next year I called I said coach you've never been to Notre Dame we're going to send your airplane tickets come watch other Cal Hill for the 11 years I said Notre Dame he attended every single Notre Dame Southern Gal game as my guest and about three months after I resigned from Notre Dame, he passed away. But uh, he told my wife, and I didn't tell this, he said, when I said Lou should go to college and be a coach, he said, I, I meant uh, high school. He said, I didn't mean Notre Dame. <laughs> so that, that's how I ended up in coaching. Uh, but then the other wild story you tell was how y you were about to turn down a, a grad assistant job at Iowa uh, to marry Beth. But then Beth turned you down, so you went off to Iowa, took the job. Your coaching career gets set off, and then you still end up marrying Beth. Can can you, you know, wrap your head around how blessed you were to have things work out so well for you that you end up getting the the coaching career and the love of your life? Well, if you want to make God laugh, you tell him what your plans are. But I got to tell you, I went to a Catholic grade school taught by the nuns of Sister Notre Dame. And I've always had a very, very strong faith. I mean, at one time, I thought I was going to be a priest, and that's before I found out there was such a thing as girls. But I was going to be a priest, and my mom was so disappointed when I decided not to. But I got out of the Army, and I, I, I offered a job. Well, I got a coach by the name of Earl Biederman and up near Cleveland, teaching history and being an assistant football coach. I was going to get married to Beth. It was around July 9th, about 9.30, she told me she that she didn't want to get married. She changed her mind. She wanted to date her old boyfriend. Well, by 10.30, I had my good friend, Never Stockdale. We got my 52 Ford Fairway, drove all night to Iowa to see if I could get the graduate assistantship. The reason I was offered the graduate assistantship, I never applied. They didn't have many then, but my college coach was in the Navy with Forrest Ebyshevsky, and he called him and said, I'd like to have Lucy a big time program. So that's, I, I go there. I wanted to get as far away as I could. And that's when Nevitt made a great observation. I'll never forget the trip. He said, Beth and I had a love hate relationship. I loved her. She hated me. But I get to Iowa. We get to graduate assistantship. We finished second in the country. Bob Duffy, the local sports uh, writer, 
rode up every week like I was a hero of it. And Beth worked at the hospital as an x-ray technician. My mother worked there. And she kept saying, have Lou call me. And I said, no. And I, I never called her. But she called me. And that's when women did not call men. And you never called a man. She called one to come visit. I said, no, I'm too busy. And she started crying. I said, someday we'll might get married you never know and she said july 22nd and that was 58 years ago we're still married unbelievable what a what an incredible story and what an incredible marriage you guys have had former notre dame football coach the legendary lou holtz is our guest here on notre dame federal credit union's irish sports saturdays this is our focus on faith interview uh you, you spoke in your in your book uh, about the one regret you had while coaching at Notre Dame was that you built the program to a great level and then just maintained it. I I was curious, what would you have done differently in those later years if you had the chance to go back and and do it again? I I, I think I would have been more firm in in my convictions and in talking to the priest. Uh, I had a great relationship with Father Hesburgh the whole time I was at Notre Dame and long after and Father Joyce. But they had under made the stipulation when I went there, there were certain things at Notre Dame that were not negotiable. And, you know, that like we didn't take transfers, we didn't red shirt, we didn't have an athletic dorm, we didn't have good football facilities, and they didn't want to improve them because they didn't want somebody to come there for our weight room. They wanted to come there for our chemistry department. We're going to play the most difficult schedule we could find, and that we did. You go look at our schedule every single year. And when uh, Penn State dropped us, who'd we pick up? Florida State, which at that time had a great program. Uh, but the the facilities and, and some things in admissions, like, like at Notre Dame, one goal I had was to recruit every good Catholic high school in the entire country. I felt we could build a dynasty, but uh, the, the uh, admissions officer at the time, Kevin Rooney, we, we had a young man out of, uh, I don't want to give his name, but out of Julia Catholic, another one out of St. Ignatius in Cleveland, both high school All-Americans, and we could get them in, even though they had over 1,200 on the college boards and high class rank because uh, they were like number 20 in the class, but the other 19 applied to Notre Dame, so they couldn't accept uh, number 20, according to him. And he couldn't turn down the other 19 and accept him just because of his football player. There were things like that that, that, that really kept us from you know, I feel build a great dynasty, but you also get to the point where where you just try to maintain, you know, you, I was on my third athletic director. And that's always a difficult relationship. Uh, I love Gene Corrigan. And, and to this day, uh, Dick Rosenthal is one of the best friends I have, but it just, things just should have just continued to say, we, we need to build better facilities. We need to do different things, et cetera. But, I never wanted to disrupt Notre Dame because this is what Notre Dame stood for. I remembered it under Father Esberg, et cetera. They changed presence. They always have different philosophies, et cetera. But uh, we, we could have, I, I look back on it, and if I went back into coaching now, which I would never do, but I'd be a better coach than I've ever been before because I think I'd be more patient, but I'd have higher standards. I, I, I wouldn't get emotional, but I would demand excellence in everything we do. The iconic Lou Holtz is our guest here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays on our Focus on Faith segment. Notre Dame has not won a national championship since you led the Irish to one in 1988. You know, there's some people out there that are starting to think at this point, 
maybe the Irish will never win another national title. What do you think, Coach? Nonsense. It could happen <laughs> this year. There's no reason Notre Dame should not win a national championship. Yeah, we won it in 88, but I want to tell you, uh, you look at 89, you look at 90, you look at 93, uh, we, we, we could have easily been awarded it, and I wish then that we'd have had the ability to determine on the field uh, rather than uh, in the news media by somebody voting, et cetera. But Notre Dame, uh, they just have so much going. The facilities now, are absolutely second to none. I, I mean, in addition to that, you can sign an athlete in the summer. You bring them up there in the summer where it's beautiful. We could not bring an athlete to campus till we had his second six-week grade his senior year. We couldn't even talk to him and guarantee that he would be able to come to Notre Dame because they wouldn't rule on it till they had their second six weeks. So, I, I mean, all, all these things, that schedule is so much easier. You're looking to play five ACC teams. Uh, Michigan State was, you know, perennial power, et cetera. But it, Notre Dame has an awful lot going. I think Brian Kelly's an excellent coach. I think he's uh, he's been unlucky in two games. He's got him near the brisk of it, but it'll come a time and they will break through. You tell me, everybody, tell me why Notre Dame cannot win it. Wait, will you give me one example? Now you can say, well, we have high academic standards. Yes, we do. We're proud of that. And maybe we can't recruit 70% of the great football players. But I want to tell you, the other 30% of the great football players that are students, also excellent students, would absolutely want to come to the University of Notre Dame because – uh, of the values in the future, they look at it not as four years, they look at it as a 40-year decision in their life. So I, I want somebody to tell me one reason why Notre Dame can't win a national championship. That, don't just make a statement, back it up, but I can't think of a reason that would keep them from winning it. You, you have me convinced for sure, Coach. I appreciate that. Uh, finally, uh, you know, there's a lot of people listening right now that, you know, Maybe the last thing they want to do is read a book, but you know your book is such a quick read. I'm a slow reader. I finished it in one sitting. What's the message you want to to put out there to to anyone listening right now about what it takes to to live a good life? The the message is really quite simple. Life is nothing better than making good choices, wherever you are in this world, good or bad, because the choices you make. I would tell the athletes, you choose to do drugs, drop out of school, join a gang, get tattoos from head to bottom, get arrested, run with the wrong people. You're choosing to have difficulty in life. And please stop blaming me for the choices you make, wherever you are. And every listener, whatever happens because of your choices, not somebody else's. And the way you always make good choices is by following three rules. Number one, you do what's right. Never right time do the wrong thing. Never wrong time do the right thing. Rule number two, you do everything the very best of your ability. Not because somebody's looking or going to applaud you or pay you. You do it because that's the way you live. You, you can pay people to perform. You can't pay them to excel. There has to be something deep down inside of you. Make that choice. I want to be the best I can be. Not everybody be all American. And everybody be on conference. Everybody can be the best they're capable of being. And the third rule is show people you care. You're never going to meet anybody again that doesn't need a smile, a kind word, a 
encouragement? Why do we have to wait for somebody's funeral before people say good things about them? And you follow those three rules. You build a trust with people. You build a commitment to excellence, and you build a relationship. And if you build love in an organization, you on a team. It can't be beat. There's no way possible. So those three rules enable you to make good choices. And you're right. I mean, it's a simple little read. You don't need a dictionary. There are no big words because I don't know any big words. But I, it is basically common sense. Well, Coach, uh, I appreciate that you you cared enough to, to spend some time this morning with us. Uh, thank you so much, and uh, we hope you have a great uh, rest of uh, football season. Thank you, and go Irish. The legendary Lou Holtz, Three Rules for Living a Good Life, published by Ave Maria Press, is the book, and uh, he, he could be a priest because I, I'm inspired uh, – there's so many thoughts that can run through your mind after that that interview. What were some of yours, Kevin? Well, again, as a young boy, he was one of my heroes. So it was just neat to hear, I guess, from a different perspective now, being an older uh, and a father, just how cool um, his personality is. And again, I look forward to reading that book. But his focus on the family and faith and uh, being positive just really resonates with me. Yeah, the, the the fact uh, the story is about his wife, you know, she, Beth now being on a feeding tube, but mm-hmm. yet she's leading Bible study um, and staying positive, and you know, Lou staying so positive in so many different avenues of, of his life. Um, uh, you know, I felt better about myself after reading his book. I, I'm not just saying that. I mean, it's true. Um, he's we understand why he was such a good coach because so inspirational. He's very inspirational. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can tell he's still bitter about it, how we uh, how his <laughs> the time facilities ended. just a little <laughs> about how and admissions. <laughs> and admissions. I mean, he named, not to mention the guy. <laughs> <laughs> he threw the guy's name out there after thirty years. So uh, yeah, so uh, you can tell he still has uh, he's still not happy about that one. But uh, great interview, and uh, we'd like to thank uh, Coach Holtz for for taking the time to uh, to to do this interview. He heard it was for the Catholic radio station in South Bend, and he. Uh, he knew he uh, he felt the need to, to do it, and we, we thank him for that. So, uh, Coach Lou Holtz, what a legend indeed. And you can pick up his book, Three Rules for Living a Good Life, published by Ave Maria Press. Again, it's only like 80 pages, uh, short read, and uh, very inspiring. All right, if you like all things Notre Dame, be sure to stay tuned for Church Life Today. Coming up right after us, Lenny DiLorenzo, the McGrath Institute for Church Life, is your host. That's next here on Redeemer Radio with replays tonight at 6 and Sunday at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. Coming up, keys to the game, predictions. Oh, that Ball State game last year. Could we see an encore of that? Hopefully not. Uh, All that coming up next on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Does debt have you down? Are you worried about your credit cards, your mortgage, or keeping your car? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union can help. Our people are trained to be financial physicians. They can give you a checkup, help you to heal, and then stay healthy. Don't be embarrassed. It's why we exist. When your body is sick, you go to see a doctor. When your finances are sick, you go to see the friendly folks at Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? When you're talking about sort of playing to your standard, so much of this sounds like it could have been a Tuesday press conference before Ball State last year. And the preparation, you, you right after the game, you're like, we didn't prepare very well, or not as much as well as we should. Is that is that an easy reminder for the guys this week? Do you spend any time on that? 
Well, I was referring to myself. I didn't prepare our team very well. You know, I thought our team prepared the way I laid it out to them. Um, so uh, I learned from that. Um, it didn't happen this week, and it won't happen this week. Right? So. Chase Claypool said, uh, you know, we're not talking about uh, getting the second team guys in. I can't believe they were talking about that last year. <laughs> I mean, that seems crazy, but that that was apparently the situation in that Ball State game, and we know it was a dogfight. Again, I think this goes back to what we were talking about earlier in, in the show. Maybe the lackluster performance against Louisville uh, 12 days ago. Well, uh, well, well, you know, they can't overlook an opponent. Um, it doesn't mean they don't know they're not going to win, but they know they got to fix things, uh, that they're not perfect, because if they don't fix them, they're going to have a lot of trouble next week against Georgia. Well, and I think they have enough uh, either young or inexperienced guys that need to step up that to make critical uh, roles and, again, to define what this team's going to be this year. So I, I don't think that they will have the uh, – the luxury of having the letdown game that they did last year. All right, uh, two thirty p.m. kickoff uh, between Notre Dame and New Mexico today. Uh, our poll question was: What happens in this game? Your options were Notre Dame torches New Mexico, Notre Dame wins, but I still have concerns. That was way too close. Or New Mexico wins. Kevin, you're going with New Mexico wins. No, I'm going to go with Notre Dame torches New Mexico with the side note that I still have some concerns. No, you can't picture. take both. Oh, you got to do on. either one or the other. Which one you want? All right, I'll go Notre Dame torches. In All my right. mind, I'm still a little concerned. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go ND wins, but I still have concerns. But, I, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I'm I, I'm not saying that they're they, – they may win 51 to 17, but I'm still going to have concerns. And yeah. I mean, unless they come out and beat them seventy to nothing, um, I'm gonna, I'm still gonna be worried. Uh, the votes came in. Notre Dame torches New Mexico got sixty percent. Notre Dame but wins, but I still have concerns. Thirty two percent. That was way too close. Five percent. And uh, New Mexico wins. Uh, must be the Michigan fans weighing in. That was three <laughs> uh, percent. We asked for some comments on your thoughts. Uh, Marcus wrote, assuming Davey was involved in the defensive plan, Andy won't score as many points as we'd like, but New Mexico will hopefully be lucky to score at all. And Jack Barron, the former quarterback from the Plymouth Rockies, predicting the classic play to your opponent's level which would be a real problem because that would be a very poor performance if you're playing to your opponent's level who, uh, you know, New Mexico barely beat a, a Division One AA school a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I think, um, man, this is going to be really, really important. Uh, and I do think it's going to come down to line play, no specifically Notre Dame's defensive and offensive line play to uh, – determine how this whole game goes all right here's uh sean crawford julian acquire tommy kramer on finally being back at home for a game um first home game it'll definitely be excited and have the crowd have my family there so it'll be fun i'm excited to run out of tunnel um slap the sign and just things like that uh we're so excited I mean, we have the best fans in the country all of our families will be here we're, we're super pumped up to get in front of those guys this weekend yeah it's gonna be nice i mean we haven't played at home in a while so i mean it's definitely gonna be nice nice to be in front of the home crowd and just be in front of our fans and family so I mean, i'm definitely excited to run out that tunnel and just hear the crowd roaring for us and just notre dame in general and so i'm definitely excited 
it is definitely weird to be at week three of the season and, and to be uh, the first home game for, for the Irish, but I'm sure the blood will be pumping for everybody at Notre Dame Stadium at 2.30. All right, what are your keys to the game? Again, going back to line play for line play for the off- Notre Dame's offensive line, they have to dominate. That way we can get books and more confidence, get those running backs experience, and then he'll have time to get the uh, ball to Claypool and Fink. And then defensive line, if they can dominate, then the linebackers just have to clean up. And, I mean, remember, you have great safeties behind you, some of the best the best pair that we've had in a long time. And none of those keys are probably the keys to winning this game, but they're the keys to having a successful season, season. and <laughs> having a chance to beat Georgia. I'm going to say it's the cliche, but it's Ian Book. Uh, get – Get his confidence back. Um, the biggest thing coming out of this game um, is going to be Ian Book feeling like Ian Book again. Um, not to say that his confidence is down, but uh, that that's the biggest thing for me. All right, uh, what's your prediction for today's game, Kevin? I think Notre Dame's going to get back on track. I think it's going to be uh, Notre Dame 56-14. to 14. I do think the first quarter will be a little sloppy. First quarter will be a little sloppy. All right. I'm going to go with uh, 5120. Um, I, I, I agree. I think New Mexico will get an unnecessary touchdown here. Oh, no. You know, 20. I don't think they're. Never mind. <laughs> I thought I, I was generous with 14. I, 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 there's no. I'm going to go 5110. You know, I, I thought about that. I was going to give them. You never know. But here's the yeah. thing I, I should have went back and looked at what our score prediction for Ball State was last year. True. Because I remember they were. We were going with onside kicks to almost uh, turn this game around a, a, a week ago, but hopefully uh, for Irish fans, you're not going to see that this week. Um, so, uh, you know, certainly uh, should be an exciting time. Again, um, Georgia is next week. Yep. And here's the thing. They just can't afford to be looking ahead. That's the bottom line. They just got to get their stuff in order. And they have enough young and inexperienced players that they – have to lock in, step up, and show their leaders that they can actually play and define this year's team. All right, that'll do it for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, Notre Dame FCU, where you bank does matter. Thanks to our audio operator today, Joe Andert. For Kevin Downey, I'm Angel DiCarlo. Notre Dame and New Mexico will kick off at 2.30 this afternoon. You can watch the game nationally on NBC, locally on WNDU. We'll be back with you next Saturday at 9 a.m. right here for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. We close our pregame the same way the Irish close their pregame with a prayer for one of the Irish team chaplains. Hi, this is Father Nate Wills. I'm a Holy Cross priest, a faculty member at Notre Dame's Alliance for Catholic Education, and one of the chaplains to the Notre Dame football team. This is a prayer that the players pray together at the end of our pregame mass. Let us pray. Grant, we beseech you, O Lord our God, that we may enjoy continual health of mind and body, and by the glorious intercession of Mary Our Lady, May we accept the joys and trials of this life and someday enter into eternal happiness. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Go Irish! This has been a presentation of Redeemer Radio Sports. Thanks for joining us for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Enjoy today's game.
Join Bishop Kevin Rhodes, Bishop of Fort Wayne South Bend, every Wednesday at noon for his weekly show, Truth in Charity. On each episode, he joins host Kyle Hyman to discuss key issues facing Catholics in the diocese and beyond. Then he answers questions submitted by listeners. If you would like to submit a question, go to RedeemerRadio.com slash AskBishop. Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes is brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union.